Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. What should we start with? something yes. to come up with, like yes. to start out with, aren't you? Yeah. Something well, you want to mess with me about. Um, Vanessa got mad at me today because uh, I tried to do the laundry, except I put the whites in with the colors. Do you guys remember how old you were when your parents taught you that when you do laundry, well, you can separate I just say, the colors from the whites? And um, also, I've talked to you about this before. My, my, I actually never learned how to do laundry. This was actually a thing when I got married. Yeah. Um, I was 29 years old and uh, my mom always did the laundry for me. So I didn't know anything about laundry. Uh, and then after my divorce, when I moved in with someone I found on Craigslist, I had no idea how to run a dishwasher. So I put regular soap detergent into the um, dishwashing machine. And then when he came home, it was flooded with suds. Uh, luckily, he thought that was adorable. But um, yeah, these are just skills that I never learned. You did learn this later because you know now. Well, I know now, but you know, um, washing whites and colors and stuff like that, it's not something that um, is ingrained in me. It's something I have to consciously think about. And also, um, you said when the pile got high, I could wash it, and the pile got high, so I just threw everything in. We separate our whites from our colors, right, guys? Everybody knows that? Yeah, okay. Mike, by the way, all my whites are now pink. That's why my frustration. <laughs> the other day, I gave Vanessa a choice. I said, hey, do you want me to... Um, pretend like I'm a stranger and I'm going to have my way with you? Or do you want me to make eye contact and make passionate love? And her reply was, let's just take a nap. (laughs) That was your reply. Let's just take a nap. (laughs) I said, just cuddle with me. Just hold me and let's take a nap. All right, let's get to your questions. (laughs) Okay. We're looking at them now. There's a bunch of them. Pick a question. Any question. Uh, Let's see. Okay, this is an interesting one because I think that there's a lot of opinions about this one. And I have very strong opinions about this topic. Well, I have strong opinions about everything. Do you express to your partner when you find another person in the vicinity attractive? 
Oh, this is a great question. Oh, what, what do you think of this? Because I, uh, this actually has happened to us a few times. Um, Vanessa thinking someone's attractive and pounding it into my head. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, what do you think about this? I, I don't know. It's hard. I, I have empathy for people who struggle with jealousy. It's not something I struggle with. So I have always been very open to... Well, let me ask you this. What's threatening to you? Not that I find someone attractive. That's not threatening to no. you. But wouldn't uh, me connecting to someone emotionally be more of a threat to you? Like, let's say I had a friend and, and she was female. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't... The word threat wouldn't even come to mind. I don't mm -hmm. think in those terms when it comes to that yeah. um, topic because... I just, it's very hard for me to connect to feelings of jealousy. That's not right or wrong. It's probably most likely a defense mechanism of mine, to be quite honest. But it's just not something I go to easily or quickly. Um, but as right. far as just like commenting on somebody being attractive, that actually does nothing for me. Like it doesn't bother me in the least. And as a matter of fact, I've always been the person to do that. And by the way, I do it with both sexes. It doesn't actually matter to me, man or woman. I'm always very much like, wow, that woman's beautiful. Or like, you know, oh, wow, that guy's, you know, attractive or whatever it is. But, um, I think that there is a humanness in the realization that we are all going to be attracted to other people and to think yes. that we're not is kind of silly. But I think there's a difference between, you know, um, saying it in passing, right? Oh, right. that guy's hot or look at right. his whatever or her whatever that's attractive, admiring, you know, like if a right. horse drives by, that's very different than, than constantly telling your partner um, that you have a crush on someone. Um, maybe well, especially somebody real. I don't think celebrities, even to me, that doesn't do anything because a celebrity, it's like, I mean, you know how yeah, I feel yeah, about yeah. David Bowie. Granted, he's not alive anymore, but yeah, you know, we have this joking thing about like, who's your let, right? Like, who would be your let if you were to be allowed to have sex with one person and it wouldn't affect the relationship at all? Like, who is your let? Well, there's something about a celebrity because it's not like right. it's no, you know, no it's one's not realistic. Yeah, you guys aren't going to go off into the sunset, right? Uh, that's more of a fantasy. Right. Now, where I think it does get dangerous is if you find someone in your circle of friends and you could find them attractive, but if it keeps coming up and it's like, oh, yeah, I find your friend hot or like, you know, or something like that. Continuing to bring it, it up. Yeah, where it becomes more than just observing someone who is um, attractive or has an attractive quality, but now it's about you uh, having a fantasy, a longing, you know, something like that. I think that can be dangerous. I think there's a responsibility with that. I think we're all humans. And here's the thing. If you think that your boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife only um, finds you attractive and no one else, you're incomplete. That's not true. Complete denial. Yeah. So it's better to accept that, yes, they are going to be attracted to other people, but they're choosing to be with you. So there's two things I want to say based on what you just said. First and foremost, I also think fantasy is completely normal. Yeah. Like if I'm, yeah. if I find somebody in your friend group or somebody that I work with or like the guy at the grocery store or coffee shop or whatever attractive, it is very likely that at some point I'm going to fantasize about them. Just like you're going to fantasize about another woman. Like that's very common. Sure. Fantasizing about people who are not your partner is 100% normal, by the way, you guys. When, when are you fantasizing about them? doesn't matter when. It could be during sex. Also very normal. Mm. Like this is very normal behavior. You can laugh. Don't make a joke out of it. Like I want to, I want to normalize this for people because people think that there's something wrong with them if they're fantasizing. Like I must not be into this person anymore. Something's wrong with our relationship. There's a lot of stigma around this topic, and it's actually from a, like a sex psychology perspective, 100% normal. It is normal. It's hard to hear, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I think I'm laughing because I'm, I got kind of uncomfortable thinking about you fantasizing say about um a friend of mine or someone that we know while you and i are making love mm -hmm. which 
That's fair. I mean, it's fair to feel that. Right. It's it's something I didn't really haven't thought about. Yeah. Um, and I think as therapists, it's our job to kind of normalize for people this kind of stuff and reflect these normal feelings like you're having. Yeah. I mean, if if your partner says to you they've never masturbated thinking about someone else and maybe that someone else is someone that is in your circle of friends, that's not true because they probably have. Probably have, Right. right? Um, also, we dream about people that right. we don't have control over. and We wake up and we have crushes, um, harmless crushes on people that we may not even be that attracted to. It's right. just being human. Right? So now that's the second thing I wanted to bring up, though, is that I do, even though I'm saying to you, I'm the kind of person where you telling me that you think somebody's attractive or hot or even a celebrity, like literally does nothing to me. Like it does not bother me in the least. There is a difference between that and what you said earlier about continually saying it yeah. or continually yeah. bringing it up because then yeah, what right. I want to know Cause that, is... Because you're not being sensitive. Right. I then think. what I want to know is like, is there a motivation behind the fact that this person continually brings it up about the same person? Um, because that to me feels insensitive. It feels yes. unkind. It feels like you're kind of poke or trying to dig. All, wait, also, I want to know about that. Right. And also, it, you, you have to uh, take into consideration if your partner... Um, may struggle with jealousy, may be insecure. Sure. Uh, and also the, the person that you bring up, are you bringing that person up as kind of the island to swim to, meaning, you know, uh, kind of subtly controlling, like, 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 let's say the person that you bring up has your ideal body and you keep mentioning to your, uh, girlfriend that, oh, like, that's really I attractive. I love her butt. Look at, she's so hot. Yeah, and yeah. if you're doing it in a way where you're trying to control or get your, girlfriend to go into the gym and this is how you're doing it it's manipulative then it's, it can, can be manipulative if yeah. you say um uh out of conversation oh yeah your friend is like she's attractive it's just a fact i think she's yeah. attractive and i don't um, think i should have to keep i don't I, I don't think i should have to monitor what i'm saying around you all the time to the point where i'm like i can't ever say that somebody's attractive because it might hurt your feelings yeah. right it's like i think it is important to know intent but i also think it's important for the person who struggles with jealousy to also understand that a lot of the work is theirs too. Yeah, and I gotta say, as someone who's forty-eight, um, I'm I tend to be less of a jealous person. Like if Vanessa tells like me, now uh, when you're younger. yeah, you know, and and Vanessa says all the time, like she thinks this person's hot or that person's hot. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Um, when I was twenty-something, it would have bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of it just has to do with age. I know, remember, you know, a personal story. I remember when I was like. I guess late twenties, um, with my ex and he had had a really bad ending of a relationship that, you know, involved cheating and she, you know, broke his heart, all the things. And I had a very, very, still have a very, very close male friend of mine that he had just been introduced to. He was kind of just getting into the friend group at the time. And he told me he was very kind of insecure about our relationship. And I remember the conversation very well. And I remember saying to him, I'm very sorry for what you went through. Um, but my relationship with this person was this way before you came into my life, right? He's very close to me and I plan on keeping it that way. Um, and while I'm, I'm here to listen, and I can be empathetic. I'm, I'm not her and I don't want to be responsible for paying for her mistakes. So, you know, the jealousy and security thing, like that's a little bit on you to work through and come to me and talk to me about it. But, but also it's yours to own. Yeah. And you know, there's also with culture, um, I can't speak of all our cultures, but I know, um, 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 in the Korean culture, especially old school, there's a lot of, um, machismo. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, you're my girl and you sure. shouldn't look at anyone Latin else. American and, cultures. Right, all of that. And so that I think also plays a part. And so I think it's important just to be aware. Yeah. Um, I think that... Have conversations. Je- yeah, and I think jealousy is... 
Um, and we all struggle with it to a certain point, right? And I like what Vanessa said. She said, well, I'm not really jealous, but maybe that's a defense, right? Maybe for her. I've read that about jealousy. That's something, that's a new concept to me that I'm, I'm yeah. exploring. Like maybe it's not, I mean, I think you are a secure person, but maybe it's not only that, but maybe it is a way of, of defending. Cutting off, um, yeah. because yeah, she's so like not jealous. It's kind of strange, right? Um, it's not jealousy that's unhealthy. It's the behavior, right? right? We're all human. We can be jealous, you know, um, don't deny it, uh, look at it. But if you are because of your jealousy being controlling or, or explosive, explosive reactive, mm -hmm. um, putting a lot of shoulds on your partner, then that's unhealthy. Um, that can be poison in your relationship. I know when I first met you, I wasn't bothered by you know, I think Lenny Kravitz is hot or David Bowie's hot or, or, um, you said, I was going to say Jay Leno, but you did not say Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> that was not <laughs> Jared Leno. Jared Leno. Very, very different than Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Leno. Wow. Um, and it didn't bother me, but the more I heard you say it, it kind of started to bother me. And I kept asking myself, like, why? Does it bother me? And I felt myself wanting to say like, oh yeah, well, I think, you know, Olivia Mum is hot. Uh, I don't think I even said her Mun. name right. Mum. <laughs> or I think this person's hot. This, and I also like, I almost wanted to say it back to like get back at you. Mm -hmm. And I realized now you're being childish mm -hmm. and now you're getting into a game. Um, well, there's defensiveness to that, right? Which is worthy of looking at. Yeah. And there's something about like, I, there's, a, there's a part of me that feels like it's okay for me to think other people are hot and have fantasies mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, rub one out in the afternoon thinking about someone else. Sure. But I don't feel like you should do it. Mm, interesting. Which is completely unfair, of course, but it's just the feeling of like, oh, I could have my fantasies, but you shouldn't. Sure. You know? And I also wonder if that's a um, toxic masculinity thing. I wonder if that's oh. a locker room thing or um, subconsciously, you know, uh, the, the Korean culture leaking. I don't know. Um, but you know, what, what does feel good is talking about it. What, what does feel good is, um, not holding it inside because it could come out subtly in behavior and then suddenly, you know, it's, it's like a big thing. Right. Well, and I, I also think too, it's like, we're talking about jealousy here, but you know, you and I have also had conversations about what would it look like to not be monogamous? Like not like because we were planning on acting on it in the moment, but just to like be open and have those kind of conversations. Yeah. And I think so many people are so afraid to have those kind of conversations because there's so much emotional reactivity in that. There's so much insecurity in that. Well, there's so much possessiveness in so many relationships. Yes, but I think a lot of people think if you start talking about it, that means it's going to happen or that you want it. But, so once but, you start right, talking about it, right, then and here, so and that's listen the to defense. That, right? Like if you use that argument, period, like imagine how many other things you're probably using that argument for. If you start talking about it, it's going to become a thing. I feel like it yeah, doesn't well, matter what. It's, it's like divorce. It, right. it's, some people have this rule where it's like, we're we, don't say the D word. we don't say the D word. We never talk about divorce because yeah. if we do, then it means it's going to have, um, which then kind of amplifies it and right. it becomes an elephant in the room. I'm so, just yeah. like, the older I get, the more I'm like, talk about everything. Right. I mean, of course, you should always maintain a certain amount of mystery from your partner. I mean, a lot of psychologists say that. Um, you know, that's one of um, Esther Perel's biggest things. Is but can, can, can't you argue, can't, can't we argue that like, if you don't have the security, the tools, the, if you're not equipped with the tools to have a neutral 
meaningful conversation, then it's actually kind of dangerous to talk about it. I mean, if I was... But who gets to decide what's dangerous, though? No, it's, it, it's, it's dangerous because people can be reactive. So um, today, I can talk about monogamy and walk away from that conversation knowing that we're not going to do anything. Still feeling but secure. Yeah. Still feeling secure and that it is a conversation. Or I could talk about like who you fantasize about and walk away from it being okay. There's no way I could have done that in my 20s. I would walk away from those conversations insecure, threatened. Mm-hmm. I would start thinking, okay, well, this isn't going to work out. I would feel like, oh, she wants to be with you know someone else. Let her go. Like I would have all of those. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't have the tools to, to hold that kind of space. So having those conversations would be dangerous. It's like riding a motorcycle without a helmet. <laughs> I just think it's so, I think it's, I don't know, that brings up in me a feeling of sadness, like so much unexplored like unexplored territory in relationships, like so many conversations that could lead to deeper understanding of each other, fantasies, um, desires. Like this is why this, this horrible, like puritanical type society that we live in just screws up sex and sexuality for so many people because it's like so taboo and there's so many negative feelings associated to it um, or associated with it rather. Um, And I'm not saying I'm completely immune to that stuff. Of course, I feel, you know, I I was raised in the same patriarchal culture we all were, but it is interesting to me, the sadness that it brings up when I'm like, God, there's just so much that you guys could be talking about and connecting over if we could look at our defenses. And most people, I got to say, don't have the tools, awareness, um, Mm non-reactiveness to have conversations about uh, who you have a crush or who who your boyfriend, girlfriend has a crush on um, um, uh, different types of, uh, what, what would you call them? Like, like polygamy and, and open relationships, different types, different of, types relationships. of relationships. Yeah. Uh, these are all very touchy, sensitive subjects. Mm-hmm. And we can't, uh, most of us can't hold the space because we, we feel, uh, either threatened, insecure, or that, you know, our partner, um, wants to be with someone else. So my challenge would be then for somebody who does feel threatened by those conversations to, to explore that internally, not externally. Don't put it on the person saying it, explore it internally, right? Like, what does that bring up in you? Why does that bring up defensiveness? Does that mean that you're less worthy if this person is fantasizing? Yeah, you know, about it's a great else, thing right? to bring, bring to your therapist. I agree. You know, what's helpful for me if, is if I look at it all through a spiritual lens, meaning we're all just, you know, sexual beings mm-hmm. on this planet. Mm-hmm. And we're on this planet one time. When I start looking at it from that perspective, jealousy becomes very small. Like it's bigger than you and I individually. Yeah. And then I let go of possession. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I start thinking um, it doesn't matter if it's a a sexual experience or uh, any kind of experience. Um, If I care about you, I want you to have all the experiences that that you want to have as long as it's not um, hurting other people. Sure. You know, including yourself. This is also similar conversation to the idea of like knowing somebody's past, like people before you. I mean, it's a similar idea of like yeah, basically th- yeah, thinking about happens. your person, your partner with somebody else. Yeah, it's something I wrote about in my book, I believe, meaning um, your partner's sexual history is none of your business. Right, I agree. Um, and I got, I got to be honest, most I think mostly men do this. Uh, they So what they do is they uh, say, and this is generalization, but I just from clients and also myself, like they'll say, you know, tell me about your past, you know, and then and then they don't realize that they can't handle it. Mm -hmm. But they ask for um, how was how was he in bed? Oh, was he good? Mm -hmm. Oh, how big was he? Well, Mm -hmm. and and it comes from curiosity on the surface, but it's actually really dangerous because they can't handle the information because once they get the information from them, um, from their partner, 
they're not able to hold it. It becomes a hot potato. Right. And then it's now a, it's a weapon. Sometimes. Right. And now in the bedroom, they're trying to um, outdo, outperform. They're trying, you know, all. And now it's like this um, competition instead of just saying, oh, that's amazing. I can't believe you had sex with that person or uh, that, you know, or, or that experience. And, and I'm happy for you and just leave it at that. Right. Or even if that's not how you really feel, again, taking this away and thinking, why do I have this reaction? Why right. do I, you know, hold myself up to the standard? Whatever the question is. So this actually happened to us early on, not not to an extreme where, you know, we got to fight or anything. But um, there was there was an incident early on where you revealed to me um, that you had uh, um, like a like I would say, like a fantasy one night stand kind of thing. Um, with an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. And you said to me, oh, it's refreshing that you're, you're able to kind of hold that and it's not that big of a deal for you because you, if you disclose that to one of your exes, they would have blew up or gotten jealous. My ex basically wanted to believe that I was a virgin before he met me. Yeah. Right. And so there was a part of me when I heard this story, I was curious like a best friend, like, oh, that's amazing. What happened? I wish I had that experience. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Like, what if, you know, um, cause it sounded exciting, you know, you met him at a party and you probably, you know, he swept you off your feet and then you guys got, you know, intimate and it was just like, kind of like a, like a fantasy. Right. Um, and I think it was short lived, right. It was, it was like three, he was just in town, like, you know, touring baseball team. So he's only in town for that week. Right. Um, and, and, and of course in, in the, the, uh, the, um, athlete in me got kind of <laughs> jealous thinking, Oh, Oh, he's, a, you know, you got together with a, um, professional baseball player or something or whatever. Yeah. Um, it would, it would be equivalent to like in, in, in our world, our society, uh, maybe in LA, me saying like I got together with a model or something, mm -hmm. right. Or something that you, and so, um, there was a part of me that was like, and I noticed it that was jealous, a little bit jealous. Mm -hmm. Right. And then once I sat with it, I kind of mm -hmm. thought it was hot. Yeah. I kind of thought like, um, oh, that's awesome that you got that experience. I wish I had more experiences like that when I was, you know, in my 20s. Um, and I know you were, you know, a bartender. I was running a restaurant bar. Um, I, I, I was, I just never had those opportunities. I was, you know, engaged and all the stuff, but, um, I kind of wished I had those experiences. Yeah. You know, and then I was, and then it made me happy for you that you got to experience that, right? Yeah. It's like when I find these stories out, about you or what in the past about exes, I actually, I love hearing this stuff. Like it doesn't actually make me jealous. It makes me understand you more. It like paints a better picture for yeah. me of you and of your past and who you were when you were younger and the kind of experiences that you had. And, um, it's exciting to me. Right. And, and I, I, I get excited for you. It's like you said, like, Oh, I'm happy you had that experience. It's like, I get excited for you and that experience, um, as a best friend, as somebody who loves you and wants you to have fun and have had all these experiences. That's usually where I go with it originally when I hear these, you know, these stories. There's also this other piece, um, because I'm not used to being with someone who is so not jealous, right? So there's this other piece where if I said something like, I have a fantasy about this girl, or I think this girl's hot, and Vanessa gives me no reaction, then it almost upsets me because I want her to be jealous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there's this other piece where I I've feel like, before, by the way, from yeah, because you have such a neutral, it feels like, oh, you don't want, want to be with me then. Because usually my exes would be jealous and that would be a sign that they actually loved me or cared about me. Or, or you know, it's like that whole like fighting for, for you kind mm -hmm. of thing. And that's not there with you. And so that's sometimes hard. Yeah. And like I said, I've heard this before. I mean, I don't actually know what the response is to that other than, you know, I wouldn't fake it, obviously. But um, I don't know. I've always, I guess I've always looked at this stuff as 
I've never been possessive of a partner, meaning I've never looked at them as something that I own. And not not saying that you have. Yeah, but, but, I, but don't you, but isn't there a side of you where if you hear the person having interest in someone else or is kind of disengaging in any way, isn't your knee jerk, well then fuck you, I'll go elsewhere? I mean, isn't no, that your natural? No, 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 it's not, that's not my knee jerk at all. My knee jerk is usually, well, first and foremost, I, I think at this age, it would be more like, well, let's look at what's going on in the relationship, right? That's kind of having you look elsewhere and, and stray, maybe. Um, but I think my knee jerk has always been this idea of non-possessiveness, meaning you're like, if you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. Me being possessive or jealous is not actually going to make you not cheat. Um, and, and I would say actually the opposite. I would say at least me, like I would probably be more likely to cheat if I was with somebody who was jealous and possessive than with somebody who was holding me with open hands and was exploratory and empathetic and curious about me rather than making me feel ashamed or making me feel like I can't be open and share things about myself because they're jealous and possessive. Right. Right. So I've always looked at relationships like if you're going to go out there and do that, you're going to go out there and do that regardless of how I show up jealous or not. Um, and I don't own you. So it's not saying it's not going to hurt. Of course, it's going to hurt, but I'm not going to let the potential of my hurt cause me to act in ways that I fundamentally don't agree with, I'm more likely to be like, okay, well then if that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. Me being crazy about it's not going to change it. Right. And kind of like live and let live almost. Um, That's always just been the way I thought about it. Yeah. And I think it changes as we get older. Yeah, sure. I know for me, um, you know, I, I think very differently now, care about different things, put weight on different things as someone who's in his 40s than in my 20s where I was possessive and controlling and my definition of love was like, your eyes should only be on me. Right. You know, for people out there who are struggling with it. So if either you're in a relationship where um, you feel very controlled, or you're not allowed to notice other people because your partner gets so jealous, right? For those people, what do we tell them? And then also for the people out there who um, are experiencing like, I am finding other people attractive, there's nothing wrong with my relationship. But Mm -hmm. you know, what do I do with that? Um, yeah, it reminds me of somebody we were, you know, we started this with an Instagram live and somebody, uh, a guy wrote on there, my girlfriend's not allowed to have guy friends. Oh, geez, And that was where we ended it. And I was like, Ooh, it's super triggered. And then we turned it off and I was like, Oh, I would have responded to that person. But (laughs) that is a red flag. Oh man. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So this is why it came up for me when you were asking these questions about how to end. It is a red flag and the person on the other side is a participant, right? So, and I'm not victim shaming. Or Some victim people blaming. feel very loved by being right. controlled. And right? you and I as therapists are saying that's a red flag. So if you feel loved, it's a red by flag a red on both flag. sides. You're saying it's, you're saying it's <laughs> exactly. a red flag on both exactly. sides. Yeah. So here's the yeah. thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump down the throat of the person who says my girl's not allowed to have guy friends because I want to look at both of them and say, what's going on for both of you? that you're in this toxic dynamic. Sure. Right? Um, now, if they are 18, part of that is yeah, normal, you know? I mean, at 18, no, you're even, just a sponge. You, sure, you know? but I was like, I wasn't even like that at 18. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I had tons of guy friends. Um, your partner not being allowed, that sense alone. Anything. Anything. It doesn't matter if we're talking about friends, what, what you're wearing, what you're right. eating, you exactly. know? Exactly. Um, you, you don't own your partner right. in any way. Period. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you're the person that's that's on the receiving end of the jealousy, I think it's a couple questions to kind of summarize some of the things we've talked about, right? It's like, first and foremost, is there any motivation for you behind saying things that you know upsets them? There might not be, but it, but it is worth just thinking about. Um, and then how can you come to that person and be kind and empathetic in their struggle and also gently allow them to hold 
their own struggle. That would be my, my, I guess, first suggestion or prompt. Yeah, I would say um, if you feel unsafe expressing any of this in your relationship, um, talk to a therapist and yeah. process it. it, it you know, it, it's one of those things where um, it may be more damaging disclosing your fantasies and stuff if it's all new and you've never, um, you feel sure. unsafe in doing it, yeah. right? Yeah, and you guys have um, the tools or whatever. Yeah, so talk to a therapist, process it. After you process it, then you decide, is this something I want to share? And also you'll get coaching from your therapist on how to share. Yeah. Because if you just have a thought or a fantasy and you let that out and your partner can't hold that space, it's going to, you know, it could turn sour very fast. Right. And and maybe you do it with the therapist in the room too. Yeah. And also what is your intention in expressing that? Right. Like, right, like if Vanessa about, comes yeah. to me and says, Hey, you know what? I think, you know, this person is super hot. Um, if her intention is to share that with me, just because it's just something, a thought that she had, that's totally cool. But if she's doing that as a, you know, as strategy, as a weapon, as, as she's getting back at me or a something. A ploy to make you jealous, which by the way is still manipulation. Yeah, then it's not coming from a healthy place, right? Right. And then I guess on the other side, it's kind of what I've said throughout this conversation, which is if you're the one struggling with the jealousy, it's what you said. Jealousy in itself, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a very normal human emotion, right? It's what you do with the jealousy. It's how you respond to the jealousy. Um, you know, do you just like let it fester? And is it this thing that you just like dwell on and it make it colors how you see people in your life and your partners and all this stuff? Is it something that you react to, right? Like, are you explosive about it? You know, do you um, try to get the person back and hurt their feelings or whatever? It's really important information for us to see how we respond or react to something that gets triggered in us. And that goes for everything, not just jealousy, but jealousy is one of those, it can be one of those very um, alchemizing emotions. Yeah. Here's, here's what I want to end with. Anything that brings something up in you, right? You know, anything that makes you feel something, whether that is Those anger, jealousy, yep. um, that is a sign to investigate, explore. It's, it's, it, it means that there's a, a great door to enter. Um, and, 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 and as learn. you go through that, you're going to learn about yourself and yep. where things come from. Um, so it doesn't matter what that is. I also want to remind um, everyone that um, as a human being, we are going to find people attractive. We are mm -hmm. going to fantasize. Um, there's no way around. You can't white knuckle and force yourself to only think of the person you're with. Like, I think that is unhealthy, right? So it's part of the human experience. There's a difference between having a fantasy about someone you saw on TV or you ran into in the supermarket or whatever, and actually choosing to invest and build something with someone, right? The fantasy is nothing but that. It's a fantasy. Now, if you were to actually play out that fantasy, chances are you will see that, you know, after the, 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 uh, the, the, the fantasy or like when you start seeing that person three dimensionally, you may realize very quickly that you have no interest in this person other than their abs or beautiful hair or, you know, humor, piercing eyes, whatever. And so usually fantasy is nothing but a fantasy. And that's why it's, it, it is okay. It's not threatening. Um, that's very different than, than choosing someone to love daily. Well, can you, you know, my, uh, an even like extra credit an even bigger kind of challenge would be bringing that fantasy into the relationship can actually make your romantic and sexual experiences better. Which is why I asked Vanessa, do you want me no. to be the FedEx guy <laughs> that kicks the door down? No, it's not the FedEx guy. It's the post office guy. Do you want to me delivered to Danae's house? Do, okay. Let's not use real <laughs> names. First of all, do you want me to be? Be the post office guy 
and, and, and have my way with you. Um, or do you want me to be John Kim? And she preferred to nap. So anyway. <laughs> That's love, guys. Thank you for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordeaux, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.